Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the season finale of the Coach McVay Show. I am J.B. Long, and DeMarco, what a setup for the regular season finale at SoFi Stadium when the San Francisco 49ers come into town, win, and the Rams win the West, and they're the two-seed in the NFC. Uh, you couldn't write a better script from, in Hollywood, right? I mean, you got to go through the San Francisco 49ers to get to where you want to go, but heck of a game in Baltimore, man. I mean, that's one you'll be talking about forever. That was a tight ball game. That was back and forth. To get that thing done was impressive. It was fun when it was over. You know, I was talking to my fiance about it. She's like, I'm like, How, did you have fun watching that? She's like, no, that's not fun watching a game like that. She's like, the games you guys win big are much more fun to watch. But um, we definitely made it interesting and action-packed. And, uh, man, there's so many guys that you could highlight, their resilience, their mental toughness. And, you know, for us to have uh, won five in a row, there's been so many different ways that we've done it, but ultimately we've done it as a team. And that's been my favorite part about it. And uh, this is a mentally tough team. They've stayed strong. They've stayed connected. And it's been instrumental in getting 12 wins through 16 games. LaShawn, well, I got DeMarco's thoughts on his reaction to the stakes for this finale. Why don't we start with the present, and then we'll go back to that win over Baltimore. How does this set up for you and your Rams? Yeah, only uh, story would be better is if we were playing for the one seed, DeMarco. But, uh, you know, we um, we are grateful for the opportunity. I think the best thing is, is these guys have earned the opportunity to have a great challenge, um, to be able to try to go check off one of these boxes that we talk about. You know, being able to get in the playoffs, but winning your division is a big priority. Uh, we know what's at stake. We know what a great challenge it's going to be. Um, this is a team that we have tremendous respect for, and we got to be able to play better against these guys because they've done a great job of, of playing us better than we've played them the last handful of times. Yeah, I, I just I'm trying to put my my mind around this. I mean, I'm, I've heard people kind of liken your team to a resurgent, or he's found his control again after that three game losing streak. How would you kind of characterize where you are from where you started four or five weeks ago? What are you reading the comments on this show? No. <laughs> on the airplane coming back. I mean, in the airport. I'm just kidding. Everybody's talking about it. Yeah. No, I think what our, our team has done is find a way to, to play together and, and win football games. And, um, you know, I do think that it's important for us to do a better job of taking care of the football than we have each of the last couple of weeks. But for us to still find a way in spite of that, I think says a lot about, you know, the way that the defense and the special teams and then when the offense had to deliver in some of those crunch time moments they have. Um, but I think we've played better complementary football. I've been really impressed with just, I think our defense is finding their identity. I think they've played excellent um, in this five-game win streak. I think the special teams have really played a lot better as well. I think there's confidence. I think we're playing with better speed, the upper body violence, all the things that we want to see come to life. Obviously, Brandon Powell's brought a huge spark to our return game. Um, and then Matt Gay and, and our field goal operation has been, uh, you know, as good as it gets. And so – been very pleased with that and, uh, you know, looking forward to seeing if we can play our best game yet against uh, against a tough Niners outfit. Sean, speaking of special teams, there's such a human element behind each week, each day, each win. Joe Camillus lost his father-in-law, uh, Dan Reeves, another Titan in the NFL who he looked to as a father figure. I had a chance to kind of wish him condolences before the game. You know, what was that, 24 hours removed? What kind of effort was that from him and his group to pay tribute to uh, to Dan? Yeah, pretty impressive. You know, I know it's been heavy on Joe and, and his wife, Dana, and, um, you know, Coach Reeves. I, I've heard great stories. I've always had such respect for him from afar. And, and a guy, anytime that you're a part of nine Super Bowls, um, that shows you the amount of success and the, the positive influence. Anybody that talks about him talks about, hey, this is a great coach, a great player, but a great man, most importantly. Um, and listening to the stories from Joe, 
Um, what a great legacy he's left behind, but he was coaching with a heavy heart. Uh, but he knew that Dan, you know, he said this to me, you know, he said, Dan would have wanted me to be here with these guys, um, you know, to try to really pour into them. Dan, uh, um, you know, Joe got a game ball after the, after the game yesterday, which was well-deserved, did a great job in his meeting on Saturday night. And then I thought the guys played, uh, played for him and did a really nice job. And it was pretty special feeling that in the locker room afterwards. Even after Odell gets a game ball, he has Joe D break the team down. And wow. this is a connected team and all about the right stuff. And that's a football family. And I have real appreciation for coming from a football family myself. And, you know, thoughts and prayers are with uh, with the Reeves family and, and, and Joe D and, and his wife, Dana, and their family. Everybody I knew that played for him loved him and talked about him, like you said, uh, just great stuff. Uh, but just battling through offensively again. Um, a trend, you know, putting yourself in a hole, digging yourself out. I mean, it builds character, but I mean, at some point you want to straighten these things out offensively, right? There's no doubt. And, you know, a little bit different than last week, you know, the, the, we had the two turnovers and then we had the one unfortunate where they did a good job. We had a chip on that kind of got beat on our inside. And then I thought Bowser made a nice play kind of forcing that ball out. But I still felt like we were moving the football. There was crisp execution in the past game. It felt looser against Minnesota. I'm not advocating that I'm okay with us turning the ball over, but I do still think each play is a separate entity. You got to talk about that and how consistently can we stack good blocks and good plays on top of one another. Um, you know, the first one, I think there is an element too of the enemy has a say. You got to mm. give some credit to those guys. I didn't really have a very good play call on. I thought Wink Martindale called a really good coverage right there for the concept we had on. We had a little bit of a mix-up for what we were looking for from the number two route, but I thought Chuck Clark triggered on it, and he made a play, and I didn't put us in a great spot. And, um, you know, sometimes, you know, you want to be able to put your guys in a better spot to execute. And then on the next one, um, you know, they did a good job overlapping. We kind of quick counted it. Matthew saw the coverage right. Uh, it's just sometimes when we snap it quick, you take the quarterback's greatest trait to be able to see the defense away. Uh, because you're trying to regulate some things that they were presenting blitz-wise. And so it goes hand-in-hand, hand, but this guy, you know, he the ball never touched the ground in the second half, so I yeah. think he played his best when we needed him to. No style points. It's about finding a way to win games. I've seen a lot of guys fold in these circumstances. Uh, do we want to minimize those? Do we want to eliminate them? Absolutely. But finding different ways to win football games develops an armor and a resilience that I think is going to be appreciated and serve us well. Uh, as we start getting into these playoffs and as we finish up the regular season this weekend, you know that as well as I do, DeMarco. I know how much appreciation you have for that Baltimore defensive front, no matter the personnel, no matter the year. How about your front five and how they did in pass pro? I thought they did a great job. I thought they battled. I think, uh, you know, if you just watch those offensive linemen, those big fellas snap in and snap out, you gain a real appreciation for the selflessness. You, you know, we talk about how selfless some of our players are, but the way those guys sell out, the way they compete every single play, the way they're switching off stunts and movements and different things like that. Um, you know, they got Calais Campbell back in the fold. Brandon Williams is a problem. They've got guys coming off the edge. I think Queen is one of the underrated, you know, inside backers in this league that can really be a great run and hit player. And so there was battles all day, but I thought getting Whitworth back, Havenstein, those guys battled. Corbett and Edwards, and then, you know, Brian Allen is a tough competitor that uh, yeah. I just told him, quit talking when we're trying to punch it in on the goal line. You can complain about whatever the heck was going on after the play, not when we're trying to get it snapped quickly and punch that touchdown in to, to uh, you know, to get our uh, our second score of the day. Yeah, I, I don't know if we conveyed that. That was a big defensive front. I mean, those dudes were big upper and lower body. Their pants barely fit, and you guys did pretty well. You know what I like when I look at the stat column? 
you won the fourth quarter. We don't talk enough about winning the fourth quarter, going out there, doing what it takes to shut them out and get more points than your opponent. Win or lose, winning the fourth quarter is probably the most important thing you can do on game day. No doubt. Um, It's really important. I think, uh, you know, really for our defense to not give up a touchdown yesterday doesn't go unnoticed or unappreciated. I thought the eighth series of the game that they had, when they're up to, they're driving all the way down, and it is first and goal from the five. Mm. Then it's second and goal from the two. And the play that Taylor Rapp and Greg Gaines made was the play of the game to me. Other than maybe, you know, Jordan Fuller's interception in the first half. But at that moment, to get that to a third down and five where they recognize the run concept, they trigger through that open A gap. Both those guys are making a TFL for minus three. Gets them to a third and five, a little bit of a mix-up, and now all of a sudden, or third and four, and now all of a sudden it's third down and nine. That was huge to make that, to keep that a one-possession game for them to only be up five when the offense got the ball back. That's why we were able to give ourselves a chance to win the game, and then they closed it out, and Von Miller's rush was outstanding. Great get-off, great job to be able to kind of dip underneath the tackle, and then, uh, you know, the dance was his dance. You know, he looked good. He made it look cool. But I thought it was really fun to to see he and Odell both make huge contributions uh, to that win that we had to have yesterday. I'm glad you mentioned Taylor Rapp there because so much of the attention of the last 24 hours, I feel like, has been the TV cameras capturing the exchange between him and Jalen Ramsey. What is that like internally for you to kind of experience and manage between the two of them and between your entire roster? Yeah, it's not a big deal because it didn't affect our ability to move forward. I think it's funny because, you know, sometimes what gets caught gets blown out of proportion. Um, you know, we want to be able to, you know, be on the same page always, but I didn't think, it, you know, it's, it's one thing when guys are love each other, they care about each other. We're a family. There's emotion. I, I said this yesterday in my post game. I mean, if you guys heard some of the stuff that I say on the headset, you know, the, the key line, and I've said this to you guys before, but I always tell our coaches, I can't promise it won't happen again, but I can always promise to apologize. And I know both those guys, the emotions were high because it means a lot to them. We worked it out got on the same page, and then we moved forward. And I thought both those guys played key roles in us winning that football game and really being as good as we were defensively because without a stout defensive performance, definitely aren't winners in that game. No doubt. And they went out. They were professional. I mean, sometimes you get into it with your teammate, with the other team, but they went out and played together when it mattered most. You have to go be professional. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like you and uh, you know you and KC on a couple of you know you know two man games you guys used to run. If you were supposed to be the penetrator and he's the looper, or vice versa, a little mix up right there. You guys might have gotten emotional about it too, but you keep it moving, right? You've been talking to KC. How'd you know? <laughs> <laughs> KC's out of me. Come on. <laughs> Just to revisit the point you made, who do you think leads the league in um, in Sean McVay? Chew outs during uh, the, the headset conversation. Who, who leads the league in Sean McVay apologies, put it that way? Himself. <laughs> well, you know, that's a good question. I, I spread the wealth pretty good. Um, you know, usually, uh, definitely it was Matt LaFleur the one year we were together. You know, we were like brothers going back and forth all the time. But usually it's the person that has to convey the most amount of information. And, you know, Wes Phillips does such a great job with the down and distance, some of the information, you know, where he's up top and he's in essence, a lot of the eyes that, that he use up top, but we have a longstanding relationship, but my favorite part about Wes, he's not, he's fearless to fire right back at me if I deserve it. And a lot of times I definitely do. Wow. You know, I'm curious. Uh, I saw you guys coming in and you're always excited about a win, but this one seemed a little different to me. Uh, it, it just seemed like 
this was a bigger lift than what you got in Arizona. Am I am I close to something there? Winning this football game the way you want it? I think um, I think the way we want it was definitely exciting. I think uh, as we all know on this call, the, uh, the the longer we get into the season and the more that we take care of our business, the more meaningful these games become. Mm-hmm. And so you're getting closer and closer to being able to check out one of those boxes that we always talk about at the beginning of the season. Uh, one of them we've already checked, making the playoffs. The other one that we have an opportunity to check, which is going to take a great week of preparation and a great performance on Sunday, is winning the division. Um, and I think these guys have uh, earned the opportunity to not have to watch or rely on anybody else to do our work for us. Um, that's a real credit to the five-game streak that these guys have established for themselves. Uh, but I think this is going to be uh, one of our greatest challenges, without a doubt, knowing how good these players are that the Niners have, how well coached they are, and that's what you love as a competitor is a chance to be able to do it at SoFi. Go get our 13th win and let's go uh, let's go shoot our shot. What do you say? No doubt. I feel silly taking it to an individual level after what you just put there, but Cooper Cup is obviously one of the major nar- narratives going into this game. 11 catches, 135 is kind of what he needs. Uh, he made interesting comments about his respect for those existing records in a 16-game format versus a, a 17 like he's going to play. First of all, what's your take on that? Like, How are we going to treat these records as we transition to a longer season? That's for you guys to decide. You know, I, I think um, you know it, it's on a per-game basis, but you know, it still is so difficult in the way that this league is. I, I think what Cooper would tell you that I, do, that I have as well is tremendous respect and appreciation for the history of this game and the guys that came before us. Um, you know, some of the things that he's doing is so special and Cooper has a a great awareness and understanding, but he is still so all about the team. And, uh, you know, is it a pretty special thing to have earned the right to be in this conversation? Without a doubt it is. If he doesn't have a single catch in a single yard, he's already etched himself in the history books for the season that he's had through 16 games. Um, and he has been instrumental in a lot of the good and, and so many good things that have taken place for the Rams to get 12 wins. And I know that's what his first priority is, is to try to go get our 13th win. And the best part about that is usually when the ball's in Cooper Cup's hands, um, those go in alignment with us winning football games. And so uh, won't change the way that we try to call it or trade to affect it. But when Cooper Cup is involved, we're better offensively. And um, if it just so happens that we go win the game and, and those things come uh, as well, man, that's pretty spectacular. And Cooper would be the first to tell. I'd be so happy for him couldn't happen to a better guy, a more selfless player. And, uh, you know, somebody that has just worked hard, uh, you know, to, to, I think, earn the respect from his peers around the league and players, coaches alike, his family members. It's just, this guy is, uh, he's really, really special. And I really enjoy working with him. He's a baller. The touchdown pass, awesome. The one on the sideline where it looks like every other receiver probably takes that thing out of bounds. He breaks it back to the middle and picks up extra yardage. I mean, that to me, like, exemplifies what Cooper Cup is and who he is as a player. That's he rolled him to sleep. He paused for so long after he caught it. I, I was like, Wait, what's going on? It was like right in front of me. He kind of just lulled him to sleep, and then he makes four guys miss and cuts across the grain for a 20-yard plus completion. And that was, uh, that was spectacular. <laughs> because you have such good perspective on the game – is there a way to phrase this where, look, the game has shifted in favor of offenses, of the passing game, right, era to era, without disrespecting what Calvin or Randy Moss or Jerry Rice or any of those guys did? Did any of them have responsibilities like Cooper Cup had in the running game? I guess where I'm going with this is whether or not it's the greatest receiving you know, season in history, is it the most complete in that way? 
Oh, you know, I, I think, uh, I think there's definitely a case to be made. I, I can't attest to, and, and really, I, I would, I would be, you know, out of my realm of really articulating what those guys were asked to do, you know, without the ball in their hand. Um, but we are asking him to do things that tight ends do. We're asking him to do some really unique things. And that is truly an evolution of his mindset, his mentality, his physical, his mental toughness, how sharp he is, his big picture understanding. And so, and then his intrigue, you know, it's a lot of these things that we're doing are, are stimulated thoughts from his suggestions. Um, like I, like I said yesterday, I mean, he really has asserted himself as an extension of the coaching staff with the autonomy, the ownership that he has on what we're doing. And I think the respect that, uh, his opinions carry in terms of their weight when he makes suggestions, because they're so well thought out. Um, and he's really thought about it through a bunch of different lenses and, it's 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 hard to say that this isn't one of the most complete seasons a receiver's ever had. I think that's a fair statement, JB, without a doubt. I, I can't remember Jerry Rice blocking a defensive end, maybe on a crack, but not a defensive end, or not being a, a fullback leading a, a running back up up the middle up the a gap. I, I can't remember that. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad you said that, Coach. I mean, um, yeah, I, I can't think of another guy that's played receiver, but he's played a complete football game to where he's a constant threat, run and pass. Randy was dangerous on third and long. Passing downs, get back. But Cooper Cup is dangerous from first to third, maybe even fourth down. He's an unbelievable player. I'm glad he's getting his due. Me too. Me too. I feel the same way. Speaking of fourth down, maybe Cooper Cup is on the short list of other players who can make that catch, but OBJ is uh, definitely one of very few in the world, like you said. What a catch. What a play. What a crunch time moment. Um, you know, really, I, I thought it was really special to see him shine his brightest at the most important moments. Fourth down and five makes a great aggressive hands catch. Not the greatest play call. Not the thing that we really were looking for there. But you know what? Great players have a way of making it right. And that's exactly what Matthew and Odell did in that instance. And then on the next one, you know, we ended up punching in for the touchdown. And so incredible aggressive hands display. And then just the ability to hold the ball away. I'm like, Bring that thing back in, man. It's hanging out there when he's holding it out. But his hands are as big as my head. So uh, he's got those strong mitts, man. He's he's awesome. And he is fun to be around. He is a good dancer. What is that? I, do you know what the I name of that know. dance is? <laughs> you know what's funny, though? I asked him on Friday. I said, all right, what do you got for us? And he started doing that dance. And you know what? That's exactly what he did when he scored. Wow. So this guy's thinking about it. You got to visualize. And then make it come to life. And he certainly is anticipating getting in the end zone. And I'm I'm excited to see what's next. <laughs> well, you got him on a once-a-game game, so he's right to practice each week. No doubt. That's right. Wow. Hell of a catch. Hell of a clear out by Benny Sko, too, on the touchdown. That's I'm a glad big, you noticed that's that. a big long great receiver, job. man. Great job getting parallel outside yeah. releasing. Served as kind of a natural ability to open Odell up and – See how excited Benny Sko was when Odell punched that in. He knew he had done his job on that play. That was big time. Big time. Yeah, the two-point didn't work this time around, but it was reminiscent of a play that uh, Cam Akers made uh, at the end of oh. last season, and I can't help but think what it might look like with him joining the fold again. What's kind of the plan for this week uh, with Cam Akers, and how do you get him back as close to his prime as you can with no offseason, no training camp? hasn't taken a hit. I think he let him go. You know, he did a great job these last couple weeks. Uh, to say that he's not ready, I don't know that I'd be accurate. I think he's ready. Uh, I think he probably would have been ready to go last week. Um, 
but we're uh, we're operating with the expectation and anticipation that Cam Akers is going to make his Rams debut in the 2022 season uh, after Achilles surgery this week. I think uh, I think he's got a chance to be able to contribute, and this is a pretty cool story. A lot at stake this weekend. Most importantly, also, though, it's because he's earned the right to come out yeah. and help us as a team. You know, what a great reflection of his mental toughness, the way he attacked the rehab. Neil Elitrush, Reggie Scott, the medical group to help kind of facilitate, you know, that rehab process. Byron Cunningham, I know, has been instrumental in that. But, you know, Cam deserves a lot of credit. This is a special guy um, who's a special player. And hitting and back definitely will give us a boost and – you know, what that workload looks like and how it works, I can't answer that quite yet, but I do expect him to be able to contribute in some form or fashion um, on Sunday against the Niners. Oh, former running back, a starting running back, coming back with fresh legs. Oh, yeah, who wouldn't want that right about now? San Francisco again. Um, at the end of the year, like you said, you, you got one more opponent to play, but it happens to be San Francisco. Uh, I guess the team that's, you know, had your number a little bit. So nice to get them now and nice to have them set up for – one of the biggest games of your career. Yeah, I think so. I think it's a, it's a, as a competitor, this is what you enjoy the most is let's really, uh, let's dive into this film. Let's look at some of the things that we haven't done good enough that I haven't done good enough to help put our team in a position to win these games. And let's go attack an opportunity to compete to the best of our ability with no fear. Uh, go attack an opportunity to be successful, knowing what a great challenge it is. But uh, these guys have earned the right to enjoy this moment, enjoy this op, and, and uh, let's go let it all hang out. I think everyone on your staff knows what a week of Jimmy Garoppolo prep looks like. What will a Trey Lance week look like in case that's the direction it goes? Oh, I think you take some of the film that they've uh, accumulated with him, the way that they've utilized him, and I think you have to be ready for either or. Um, I would expect to see Jimmy. Wouldn't be surprised if there was packages that they utilized Trey, um, but uh, we got to be ready for either or. Good warm-up in Baltimore. Yeah, that kid was moving around. You got him on the he ground. Was, man. He's a good player. Huntley does a nice job. I was impressed with him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, gosh, I mean, the, the, the amount of mobile quarterbacks you guys have faced this year. I mean, like you said, it shouldn't really matter who lines up a quarterback. You've faced them all. Every style, it seems like. It's kind of uh, a big part of the landscape of the league right now. These guys that can play the position, extend plays with their legs. You can use them as part of the run game. And it is uh, it is a challenge, to say the least. Sean, last one for me. I've had this uh, in my queue for several weeks. I haven't asked, though. What do you do with your play sheet after the game? Do you file those away? I do. do you, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I got all 16 from them right here. So these are these are the ones uh, from the from the games this year. Some of them have some better thoughts than others. But uh, I do keep those. They're good references, too, because I, I like to write a lot of stuff down, writing things down as far as notes and things like that, reminders. Um, is really how I kind of, you know, because I don't really, I, I try to make sure I'm watching the game as much as possible. And you kind of have some things that you know you want to get to. But I think being able to see the game in live action is helpful in um, some of the ways that we try to operate. But I keep those things stored away. That's exactly right, JB. I want to see Stored away right underneath <laughs> my pillow. <laughs> some of the best Sean McVay memes have those play sheets involved, as you may have wow. seen. Yeah, you know what I'm thinking? If you only knew what I'm saying, I was saying, all right, this coaching show, what the hell do we have going on today? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> no comments. Well, you got another season in the books. Yes, all sir. We wish you the best. Uh, we, we hope there's many more weeks without the coaches show to come for you and the Los Angeles Rams.
That sounds great. Always appreciate it, guys. All right, be well, Sean. Hey, Coach. Marco, stick around Thanks, for one guys. more second, if you don't mind, as we uh, <laughs> let Coach get on his way. Just uh, tee us up as he uh, takes off for what's ahead for the Rams this week, given the stakes and everything that San Francisco means. Oh, man, you know what it is. It, it's, 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 it's 49er week. Uh, it's a big deal. And, you know, I said this earlier, man. Um, Rams fans, this is big for you, too. Um, if you're thinking about selling your tickets, change your mind. Um, that place cannot be filled with red. It's got to be filled with with our colors, with blue. I mean, this is huge, man. I mean, you can't write a better script than this, JB. It's San Fran. It's that team to the north that's here for game 17, a 17th game, right before you start your playoff march. I mean, this is it. And I said this before, and you know this, man. Um, back in 99, if we don't beat San Fran, there is no Kurt Warner story. Yeah, for Rams. To get to where you want to go, you got to go through them first. So to have them at the end of the year, I mean, this is a godsend. This is great. Let's let's be loud. This is going to be fun. I want everyone to know that was not scripted, but that's why DeMarco is a great partner, because it's my job to remind all of you that you can join us at SoFi Stadium, the final regular season game, the Rams.com slash tickets, the Rams.com slash tickets. That's one final bit of business. The other is that, as we know, Black-owned restaurants are important local businesses in every community, especially our own here in the greater Los Angeles area. And we feel it's important we help them since the pandemic has made it harder for these local institutions to thrive. That's why your Los Angeles Rams and Pepsi are teaming up to cover your meal on Thursday, January 6th, between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. at the Serving Spoon in Inglewood. One more time, your meal is covered on Thursday, January 6th, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Serving Spoon in Inglewood. Wear your Rams gear, support local Black-owned restaurants, and go to pepsidigin.com, pepsidigin.com to learn more. Must be present during those hours of the promotion. Customers served on a first-come, first-served basis while supplies last. DeMarco, I know I don't have to encourage you to get into the Serving Spoon in Inglewood, right? We don't say grace. We just say go. <laughs> I love you, D-Far. It's been another great season on the Coach McVay show, uh, even though he's already gone back to work on the 49ers. Um, look, it's a pretty rare peek behind the curtain in terms of what goes on in the National Football League and especially uh, here for the Los Angeles Rams. So we appreciate Sean McVay, his insight and his time. Thank you for joining us all season long. DeMarco and I and MJD will bring, bring you plenty more content the rest of the way. 